Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by the founder of Agency Authority, Melissa Morris, who is helping agency owners all around the world improve their operations and project management and really go from being busy but not that productive in the business to having a scalable, profitable, and predictable business. So with all of that, Melissa, thank you for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you because you've got uh, a unique perspective on how to approach operations and processes that uh, is probably the opposite of what most people are going to have heard uh, listening to this podcast and many others and reading information online. So I'm excited to dive into our conversation today. But before I do that, in your own words, uh, what do you do and who do you serve? I help digital marketing agencies get out of overwhelm, beat that defeated feeling. We go in, we clean up the back end of their business so they can actually start leaning into growth and feeling a little bit more in control of their agency. Amazing. And you got into this after having worked in the agency world, stepping out of it and deciding to go and do some solo consulting. And then I think, you know, and we're chatting before the show, realizing that the real big problem in most of these firms was not that, you know, they weren't good at the marketing or the creative or the design, but that the processes that they had in the business were actually the thing undermining their ability to get results. Uh, does that sound about right? That sounds exactly right, actually. So I was very quickly shifting into an operations role and just leaning on the 10 years of agency experience that I have. I had some really great mentors, um, just a boutique firm, a lot of experience there. And I was able to share that with them. And it was a it was a smart move. Awesome. And so you've been at this a little over seven years now mm -hmm. working as a consultant going in into firms and helping them get all this stuff cleaned up. What are the things that you've seen in the last seven years that are kind of the top uh, profit killers as it relates to, to process and operations? So there are a lot of connections between operations and profitability. Too much to mention in one podcast episode. So I'm going to touch on three of what I think are some of the bigger ones and some of the ones that we feel like we can more quickly address. Uh, one of which is scope creep. So when I say scope creep, what I mean is our scope of work, we've outlined our deliverables, hopefully, to our client, and we've done that very clearly. Um, and what happens is, is when we're not doing that up front, if we're doing a lot of work that isn't included in that, or those, we're putting those few extra pages on the website or that one extra logo design, that's work we're not getting paid to do. But we're still paying our team members to do it, and it's eating up time that we can't do other projects which leads me into the second one, not moving projects through and sticking to timelines, letting them stall out, spending too much time on them. When you're spending a lot of time on a project and allowing it to drag on, again, that's taking up space for projects that could come on board. That's more team meetings that are uh, being addressed. There's more emails about it. And so that will really start to eat into the profitability of that particular service offering and the agency as a whole. And then the third one is you're constantly playing who's on first. Hey, did you get that done? 
hey, where are we at with this? Lots of emails back and forth, lots of checking in, where are you at? Where are we going? I had a question on this. All of these things really just come down to a significant increase in time. I mean, really like five hours a week per team member can be eaten up by these type of internal meetings and scope creep and, and all that. So it's when you put all that together, it, it's just bound to impact your bottom line in a big way. Yeah. And so I, I, I love that you're focused on these three things because all of these relate to essentially a lower average billable rate than you planned. So yes. I wanted to take a quick side change and talk about like mathematically why this actually is the largest impact on profitability and the hardest thing to solve because it's two steps. The first step, as you mentioned, is getting these scopes under control because what's going to happen in this case is you're going to think you're billing out at $150 an hour, but you're actually making 120 because of all those extra hours that go into the project that you're not accounting for. And then your team is going to feel like they're maxed out on utilization because they are working all of those hours. You're just not getting paid for them. So the first step is to get these things under control so you're not spending as much time to get the work done. But then what that's going to create is a second problem, which is now your utilization is lower and you now need to fill that capacity up. So it's two steps. It's two impacts on your profitability, both of which are bad. And it's the hardest situation to get out to, uh, to get out of. It's not necessarily, it's simple, but it's not easy. So let's talk about how we can start addressing these issues that I'm sure our listeners are, are resonating with and have experienced before. Uh, how do you think about getting out of that? Yeah. So step one is I look at the service offering and we take a very close eye on that statement of work or that scope of work, what whatever we want to call it, but the deliverables, what do we promise to get done? And I want to make sure that it's very clear. So I'm looking for those red flags where it says strategy advice. You have just opened the door for your client to send you an email every time they have a question about digital ads, marketing, social media, whatever, right? Because you give them strategy. So we want to change that to a strategy call and how many strategy calls do they get? And we're going to consolidate all those emails that our clients are going to send to us and we're going to address them at one time in a call. So that's one example. When I say we really want a clearly defined scope of work, those are the type of things that I'm talking about. Can someone read this and say, check, that's done? Or does it feel very gray? And by doing that, we're getting rid of all of that scope creep because there is no ambiguity for the client. They're not going to ask you. And more importantly, your team, your team needs to be trained up on that and know, because if you're preaching client satisfaction, client satisfaction, and the client's asking for something, your account managers, your team members, they're going to say, okay, cool. Like, well, they asked for it. So having a, a team that is trained and very clear on what your deliverables are, these are always the first steps. Once we get that dialed in, now we need to manage it. And that's the, the step two is getting it put into a proper project management tool. So proper project management tool, not a spreadsheet, not a Google document, right? Um, we need a proper tool, something like ClickUp, Asana, Basecamp, or not Basecamp, I'm sorry, Monday.com is useful. These are some of the tools you should be looking at. Basecamp, Trello, spreadsheets, these are tools you should not be looking at. They just do not support a large team. Um, and so when you're, when we approach it from getting some standardization and getting really clear expectations around packages, we're getting rid of that scope creep. And then when we're getting these put into a proper management tool, proper project management tool, then we're moving them through. We're not over delivering. We're not playing who's on first. So that's leading us back to 
uh, just keeping that stuff in check. So we're keeping our profitability up on that particular service offering. So it starts with defining the scope, and then it's about taking that scope and creating clarity for the team by organizing it in a project management tool. I mm -hmm. want to dig into some of the what ifs that I tend to hear a lot around this. So yeah. the first is, what if you can't clearly scope the deliverables? What if the way that you need to engage with a client, let's say you're building custom software, you're using an agile methodology. So we can't predict at the start of this project what mm -hmm. the deliverables are going to be, what the software is going to look like. How do you approach the definition of scope in that situation? Um, as opposed to, you know, I think the example that we're using now, which is that we're selling deliverables as opposed to, in this case, yeah. we're selling more time or at least team. Yeah, that's a great question. And sometimes it's not as simple as five social media posts, right? Um, but what you can do is you can start to create a container for the work and build in phases, right? Especially when we're thinking about Agile or Scrum or something like you have phases, you have sprints. And when you can start getting clear on this is the objective that we're going to accomplish, that can bring a lot of clarity as well. So we know this is our objective. How we go about accomplishing that objective may need to be a little fluid and it may change a little bit and we may have to shift gears, but ultimately this is goal one. And then we're gonna move to goal two because it can be easy in that situation, especially for your client. Well, let's bring this on. What about this stage of, right? And then you're getting yourself spread too thin. So I think creating some objectives and containers for those objectives is really valuable. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you kind of alluded to here that I see be a real common problem, and it relates to the management, right? You mentioned it's important for the team to understand the scope. And what I've seen in a lot of cases is the team isn't actually clear on what's been sold to the client. Was it time? Was it deliverables? Was it a mixture of those things? And they start to trip over themselves trying to protect scope, negotiate scope, facilitate that conversation of the client wants something that wasn't talked about before. And of course, the way you have that conversation is going to be a little different if what you sold them was, you know, this cross-functional team in two-week sprints with a maximum velocity of 40 story points versus five social media posts per week. Yeah. It's a different conversation when something comes up. So it's super important that bridge that you mentioned, which is not only let's define the scope, but let's also make sure the team understands what that is and then how to have those conversations because that nuance is, is really important from my perspective. It's absolutely important. And that brings us to my favorite process and that's onboarding, client onboarding. When you're onboarding that project, there are things you're organizing with the client. Maybe you're capturing logins, you're getting a, a brief together, you're creating those objectives, identifying your sprints, but you also should be having an internal kickoff call for these big projects that are coming on. And you should have a dedicated, agenda that you know we're going to cover these key points every time we have a project kickoff because you're absolutely right not properly passing that baton from sales to actually getting it moving it's not always the same person sales may not be the same person who's going to be the account lead they're not the same people doing development or design or whatever that looks like so having that moment where you get the whole team together and going all the way down the list of this is what that project looks like will save you so much time as you're moving through and especially as a client, it, when that doesn't happen, it feels like when you're on, uh, you know, customer support, and then the t and the person on the front end passes you to the technical team, mm. and then you got to start your story from the top again. Right. Like it gets really start to feel like that context isn't being shared. Um, so I think that's a really great insight. Um, when it comes to getting the team set up in the project management tool and kicking them off, one of the challenges that I'll, I've heard of, of course, is the buy-in. 
The team isn't really using the project management tool. They're not updating their thing. Uh, they're not going there to look for things. They're not moving their tasks through to completion. They're not respecting deadlines. They're not leaving comments or collaborating in there. How do you help uh, or how do you think about creating that buy-in with the team to actually engage with the system that's there to support them in getting the work done? And it is tough. And so, something I tell my agency owners is first, remember that your team is busy. You feel busy and overwhelmed. They also feel busy and overwhelmed. So have a moment of empathy for them that this feels very new. I also remind my agency owners when I'm doing setups and working through them, me and the agency owner or maybe you know an op support team member are talking a lot about it. And we know all the when and the where and the why we're doing this. Is this getting relayed to the team? Um, often not. So a couple of things I like to recommend is really give them the high level. Why are we doing this? And why is it important? Because when people understand why, and it doesn't just feel like something they have to go do and take off a list, you're more likely to get some buy-in there. Ask for their feedback. Make sure first that they're trained and they really understand what is expected of this new tool. Ask for their feedback. Does something feel redundant? Are they not sure what a certain task is for, right? Um, so that feedback is often very insightful. And then if you're still having the certain team members or even the team as a whole, come back to more training, come back to more training. And then ultimately what you need to do is you have to decide, are you going to, is this what your agency requires? Then your team members need to do it. And if it's not, the more you as the agency owner allow your team members or your employees to not work in the tool, the more they're going to not do it. Um, and again, they're busy, they're overwhelmed, it's a new program. So if you're doing what you need to do, then what I recommend is when they should have left a comment and they didn't, you're in there pinging them, hey, can you leave a comment? Hey, you didn't change the due date. Hey, you forgot to update the status here. Hey, you forgot to do that. And I, I think for the most part, when we can make sure they're properly trained, we're asking for their feedback and their input. Usually those two things will go a long way towards getting people on board. And then after that, you usually just have one or two team members who are just really not complying. And at that point, you've just gotta, just gotta get in there and be like, nope, come back, come do this, come do this and stop doing it for them. I was at an event last week and I heard somebody say um, this line that really, really resonated with me, which is we endorse what we tolerate. And yeah. I think that that is so true about these little things that seem idiosyncratic when it comes to process. And it reminds me of an example at our own company, a Parakeeto, where we were having certain discussions in Slack that based on our company's service level agreements for communication should have been inside of Asana. And it was like, as when these conversations started to balloon in Slack, it's like, no, we need to move this to Asana for all the reasons that it needs to live in Asana. There's just better tools there to have this conversation and it'll create a easier record for us to go back and see it. And one of our team members, Ben, was the person that really kind of policed this and was the first to come in and be like, this should be in an Asana ticket. And it was his like militant discipline to like keep reminding us of it that now the rest of the team is kind of doing it organically and he doesn't have to step in as much. But it took that person when we kind of agreed as a team that this was important and that we all agreed that there was a benefit to doing it that way to be there and, and have a strong backbone when it came to that thing, when it would have been so easy to just kind of let it slip, kind of let it slip. And then eventually it just never gets done. The habit gets ingrained. And yeah, I think we've all been there. Yeah. So one of the things I want to 
double click on a little bit related to this is how you think about process documentation, process design, um, because I'm sure we've all seen this example of, okay, we go and we talk to the team, we get their buy-in. Maybe they're even the ones that are saying, hey, maybe we should get a new project management tool. They're like, great, look at all this great buy-in. And then we go and we over-engineer the living hell out of our project management tool implementation. It's way too complicated. It's getting in everybody's way. And we think like, why the heck did we dive in and make this so complicated from the start? And we do this with process all over the place. How do you think about going into a new area of the business or an area that really needs a lot of work and moving it to a place where it's more mature and it's more documentable? That's a great question. I always, when I meet with an agency owner, they say, do you want to see in Asana? And do you want to see in ClickUp? And do you want to go through all the tasks? I say, no, close it, close it down. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see what's in there. And they're usually surprised by that. And what I always start with is a conversation. Like, tell me what actually happens. <laughs> tell me what we're actually going to do. Tell me what this workflow, what this process actually is going to happen. I'm asking lots of questions along the way because what I have often found is what is in the project management tool. It, the pendulum swings both ways. It's either really just a glorified task list, and that's just not useful. That's task managing. That's not project managing. Or, like you said, I see just... Frankenstein. There's custom fields and there's extra statuses and there's flags everywhere and there's a color coding system. And I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh. Right. So first I strip it all the way back to what, what are we actually tracking? And then I ask the question, what do we need to see? What are those key things that I need to know as the agency owner, the business owner, project manager, whoever that looks like? Do I need to know what's out with client? Do I need to know what's an internal review? Do I need to know what's in dev? Do I need to know what's in design, copywriting? From there, once we know these are the task lists, this is what I need to be able to extract out of that. Then we can set the project management tool up that it can actually deliver it to us because it can only spit out the quality of what we have put in. Um, and so what I'm trying to figure out are those two things. And then once I have that, we can usually do some reorganizing um, and stripping away some of that extra stuff or adding in those additional fields and visibility levers that we need to get it actually functional for the, for the team. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. With that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. I want to transition a little bit into talking about your perspective on documenting processes and when the right time is to start actually creating this nice documentation of how things work in the business. Because one of the things you shared with me before the interview was a lot of firms are actually doing this way too early and it's getting in their way instead of helping them. Share a little bit about your perspective on how you mature a process and get it to a place where it's ready to get documented. 
Yeah, a lot of people are surprised when I <laughs> I tell them stop writing SOPs. They're like, what? You're the operations person. What do you mean stop writing my SOPs? I'm like, no, you should stop. So what I see is the agency owner, they're getting really overwhelmed. They're getting really burnt out and they know they need to get, they need to stop being the bottleneck. They need to get things off their plate and pass that on. And so their thought is, and what they're told, so many people are out there preaching, write down your SOPs, write down your SOPs. So they take to that. It's time to write down my SOPs. That is not the path to getting work off of your plate. What you need to focus on instead is refining your workflows and your processes. Because if you start and you go and document and write everything down, what I find 100% of the time is it's not actually what's happening. It's always six months behind and they're never able to actually continue to work on it. And then what happens is, is these SOPs just become this monster that you just keep feeding and you just keep feeding and you keep thinking, well, I'll wait till the SOPs are written. Then I can bring on someone to help me. And that's just that's the wrong way to go about thinking of it. My approach is, is we're going to come in and we're going to take a look at your workflows. And when I say workflows, your processes. Again, how are we going to take a client from discovery, that initial introductory sales moment, all the way through to offboarding? And we're going to do this with every process, but I always start with the client management ones because, again, this is where we've seen become a vacuum of that time and money. Um, so we're going to look through and we're going to map all of that out. Then we're going to start looking for um, redundancy. So I have a framework I like to move people through. It's called DISCO. So first we're going to define. We're going to define this process. We're going to identify, we're going to identify gaps. We're going to identify redundancies, any inconsistencies. Then we're going to streamline. Can we create some canned or templated emails? Can we create other templates? Can we create some best practices documents, right? We're going to see, create. We're going to create phases and milestones. This is coming back to how are we going to set up our project management tool? What do I need to see? What ultimately needs to happen at the end of the day? These are your phases and your milestones. And then we get to, oh, that's where we can outsource and we can automate. So there's sometimes things that we can automate. This is where we're outsourcing to our team members and we're working through that. Once we have taken a process through this framework, now it's time to take a look at it and say, oh, it's ready to document. I still say, wait, because I want you to run through that process, right? We've just created it. Have we done it in real life? Let's do it a few times in real life. And when we do it a few times in practice, everybody gets their feet under them around it. And yeah, this is good. This is it. This works. This is for the long haul. Now it's time to start thinking about actually documenting it. And I'm a big fan of use a loom to show somebody doing it. Then have AI transcription, get it jump started for you. Have a team member document the process as they're doing it and then have other team members review and confirm there's consistency. Train, 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 train. I see so many SOPs get created and filed away on the Google Drive or in the Dropbox and never never to be looked at again. Get the team consistent because that's how you're creating a consistent experience for your clients. You're getting processes really repeatable and all coming back to bottom line. Then it all comes back right to improving that bottom line. So that's how I go about creating SOPs. Awesome. So we've talked about a lot of things so far. We talked about the big profit killers, the you know not very clearly defined scope and the scope that comes from that, the team not really being clear on the scope and how to manage against it, not having adequate clarity on what needs to happen, not having a good project management system, and then supporting all of that, not having clear documentation 
of what the expectations are and how to meet those expectations as it relates to delivery. Is there anything else that you think is worth mentioning um, that you feel is like a, a low hanging fruit or somewhere that every agency should be focused on if they're feeling some of those symptoms that you mentioned at the top of the interview today? I think focusing on your tool stack is a good one as well. That's a place that people can sometimes get stuck on what tool they need to use, um, how many that they need. A lot of people want one tool to do too many things, or I even see a duplication of tools where they they have two project management tools and one is doing one thing and the other is doing uh, another. And I, I'm, I'm like, we need to tighten up the tool stack here. So that's something that I often support agency owners with is let's evaluate what you have. Is it working? Are there gaps? Do we have redundancies? And let's work to, to fix that. And then of course, addressing team training. I just can't stress team training enough. And again, like you said, getting their buy-in and making sure they're trained and aware of what is going on because it just makes such a difference in this work. Hmm. And you mentioned something earlier that I think is really important to circle back to, which is the sense of overwhelm that we can feel as agency owners and that our team can feel when all these things are happening. And another thing that someone said to me once that really resonated was overwhelm is just a lack of clarity. And it's a little bit of a reductionist statement, but it has rung true for me a lot of times in my life when I felt overwhelmed and I sat down and got organized and you know just tried to, to clarify what was going on. I often felt a lot better. And I think if all of these things that you've discussed today can help your team feel like they have more clarity on what they need to do and what the expectations are and how they need to do it, I think that it will help them feel less overwhelmed and hopefully feel more empowered uh, to do their best work in the firm. And ultimately, that is one of the more important outcomes from all of this is just the welfare of everyone that's there, you know putting their putting many valuable hours of their life uh, into your vision and your dream as an agency owner. Yeah, I love that too about the clarity because I I absolutely hear agency owners speak to that. And then it leads to this feeling of just defeated. You're, you're overwhelmed. You're like, I'm, I don't understand. I'm working so hard, but I'm just not making the money I should be. I don't know. I don't know where the hole to plug is. Um, and you see these uh, inefficiencies in the business and sometimes they're just in your blind spots and you have a hard time finding them. So, Melissa, I've really enjoyed our chat, and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed uh, listening in. For those of them that want to learn more about you, where should we send them in the show notes? Yeah, head over to youragencyauthority.com. Youragencyauthority.com. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well as Melissa's LinkedIn. Um, and so with that, any final words of advice, Melissa, for our listeners today? Don't get overwhelmed. I, I say to you, you can build as you go. So sometimes... Uh, agency owners will hear this and they start making a long list. Do it, right? The next time you have to execute that program or service offering, do that one next. Let's talk about the workflow. Let's think through that because it can feel over very overwhelming to start. So even if you just do it a piece at a time as it comes up, that can be really helpful. And I will uh, say something that I think is very true, which is having somebody like yourself to ride along and prompt those questions and take those notes um, can be incredibly useful because uh, 
you know, it sometimes it does feel like you're slowing down to speed up and can be hard to do when you're busy and you've got client work to do and your head is in that mode. And I've, I've personally benefited a lot from having somebody sit down, follow me around and help facilitate that process of mapping things out. Uh, And often it has been enlightening. They've seen things that I'm not seeing that I've become, you know, blind to or that I'm too close to. So I would encourage those of you that are really struggling with this to look into getting some help. Yeah. Yeah. The forest through the trees, right? My, my agency owners see a lot of trees and I got to show them the forest. That's right. All right. Well, with that, Melissa, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed our chat. And for those of you listening, uh, let us know wherever you're listening to this, what you got from the episode, what questions you have. We always love hearing from you and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.